Welcome to the Compassionate Capitalist Radio Show with host Karen Rands. A compassionate capitalist is someone who invests their money into entrepreneur endeavors to bring innovation to the market and create wealth for all those involved. Karen shares insights and best practices for entrepreneurs to succeed and investors to share in that success without all the risks. And now... So welcome to the Compassionate Capitalist Show, everybody. And, uh, you know, one of the things, of course, what we do here is all about creating wealth by building successful entrepreneur endeavors, businesses that investors that invest in and make money and the founders make money. Everybody makes money. Right. And so one of the things that there's that is all part of this success principle is also the capability of the founders and the CEO team to be all that they can be. Okay. That they're, they're going to, you know, and so there's a, there's certain things that you can, um, uh, and this is one of the things that I always, you know, it's really important to me. I know it's things that I have, you know, really worked on, you know, we there. So you've heard the adage, you get what you expect, right? So maybe you or an entrepreneur, you know, has said, I just can't seem to get out of my own way. Right. And say, you know, yes, yes, there's skills like you can learn to be more organized. You can learn to be better delegating and team building. You can learn about planning and forecasting. You can learn various skills that are aspects of success when it comes to running your business or being a, an influencer and a C-level exec within a business. But there's also this other thing. And for right now, we're going to call it the subconscious mind. Okay, that is, it's like the little man behind the curtain. We'll call it the wizard. And like the Wizard of Oz pulling those levers, right? Well, my guest has been, has been helping CEOs, founders, C-suite teams, entrepreneurs get their wizards to pull all the right levers so they can break free of that in those invisible chains and reach their full potential to fulfill the destiny that's in their hearts. The, they have a vision in their mind of where they want to be and what they want to do. And I know for my own self, I have struggled with this over the years where it's like, I, did, I felt like I had a chain on me. You know what I mean? I really didn't understand it. And I've had to do a lot of work on that. And I was when I met my guest, Ed Bulky, I was like, oh, really? This is the stuff that you work on? We need to share your information with my audience because I know that there are entrepreneurs out there that are struggling with this. You know, it, there's all kinds of things, you know, things that people do, but we're going to dig into talking about this. And I'm going to help you understand why guest, I mean, why my guest, Ed, is so ideal for this. Because one, he's been doing this for 22 years as the creator of Deserve Level Coaching. But just to prove that with the right pathways, the great things can be achieved, while he was building this business, this practice, he was also the president of a successful tech company, Start Wireless Corporation. And before that, he was the CEO of Sirius IP, Inc., and built, managed an IP portfolio over 140 patents in 60 countries with a $25 million guaranteed license revenue. But and in the process of being with that company, he also helped raise $35 million in equity and debt financing. So there you go, folks. Welcome, Ed. Thank you, Karen. I appreciate that introduction. That's great. Yeah. So, okay. So this is... Um, you know, so I have to ask that, right? So 
you started this deserve level that you, you started to create the, deser- the deserve level shift process while running these two successful companies over this period of time. What made you, what did you, what, what, what was the trigger event for you to figure out how to unlock your potential and then, you know, be able to apply it within your own world so you could do this and i'm probably all the teams around you in those companies that's how they become successful and to do that and then you know go on and to do this and do this for so many other executives and ceos there, there had to have been something that you know triggered it and you said well i'm not, I'm not just going to do this but i'm also going to go do this company so connect the dots for me sure sure and and i would say that there were probably several triggering events okay. but if we go back far enough you know, I've been uh, basically a junkie for personal growth and development since I was a teenager. When I started out, um, you know, working my way through school and all the discoveries that an adolescent has, I got really fascinated with things that involved increasing your level of performance, doing things outside the ordinary. So even at 16, I was studying things like biofeedback. How do you get your body to respond in a way where you could slow your heart rate, change your blood pressure using the power of your mind? Wow. And from there into things like creative visualization, self-hypnosis. I, I listened to you know, all of the, the great motivational speakers. So that to me was something that was always fascinating. And then in my first uh my first real job, quote unquote, when I was in my early 20s, I was a software engineer. And I was struggling a little bit, quite frankly, to make that transition from college kid to working guy. And my father, who was a very successful executive, worked uh, one of the top people at Xena TV, if you can remember that far back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ancient history here, right? Right. So my father saw me going through this struggle and he said, listen, son, I want you to consider something as you're going through your career. I want you to imagine that there are two people that you work with that on paper, they're identical. They have the same IQ, the same level of skill for the job, the same amount of experience communication ability, integrity, charisma, everything. Down the line, they are identical. Well, one of those two people can make way more money than the other. And the difference is the one who makes more money believes he deserves it. That's his deserve level. Deserve level, yes. So that was the first time I'd heard that term. And it was funny. It was like a a mind grenade. You know, Mm -hmm. suddenly... All kinds of things started to make sense. I saw people, you know, that I worked with that were like the chosen ones. Some people got all the great projects, the promotions, the better raises, the respect. And then there were the people that were like pig pen in the Charlie Brown cartoons where there's this cloud around them. You know, it's like a rain cloud. Everything was always going wrong. They were always complaining. They never could get a break. And I realized that this deserve level thing he was talking about would explain all of that. And that it, it wasn't just about how much money people made, it was about everything in their life, their relationships, the way they took care of their health, 
the way they, you know, created their own spirituality, their homes, the way they dressed, everything would be driven by this idea that if I deserve it, it's going to come more naturally. You said this idea of uh, self-fulfilling expectations. That's exactly what it comes down to, is what you believe you deserve, and this took years to uncover for myself how it actually worked, but what you believe you deserve at an unconscious level will change your level of expectations, and then you're going to perform according to those expectations. So that was the catalyst, and then that became essentially a secret weapon for me in my career. This idea of deserve level allowed me to change how I thought about my, my jobs, all the different things that I went through, starting as a, you know, a, a junior software engineer until you know, getting into management, executive management, and starting to run technology companies. I was always acutely aware of this deserve level idea. And then at one point I said, you know what? My greatest joy is all of this personal growth and development and, and how you unlock human potential. And so I moved out of the, uh, I guess, traditional corporate path and left some of the companies that I had founded and okay. went on to become an executive coach and made that my primary thing. And there were overlaps. You pointed out two of the companies that I worked in that I actually got involved in through my executive coaching practice. Okay, okay. I got really excited about the, the founders of those companies and the, um, and the technologies they had created, some really innovative, interesting things involving artificial intelligence and new media. And so I did bring that passion for personal growth and development and coaching into my work with those companies. But even there, I realized that it was somewhat um, dilutive for me to be running those companies when my true passion was how do I really get my hands on the levers and dials of deserve level and help as many people as possible, as many executives, as many people in every possible industry, every walk of life, realize their true potential, realize what they did deserve. So I made it my mission during those years and after to understand how this deserve level idea worked. Because in, my, in the earlier days of my executive coaching practice, I, I would do a lot of more traditional coaching activities, a lot about goal setting, team building, communication strategies, time management, business strategies in general. And when I would talk about deserve level, when I would express this idea, people get really excited. They would say, wait a minute, that makes a lot of sense. And if I can access my deserve level or change the deserve level of the people in my organization, I have to do better. I have to outperform. So that was great. The awareness that this thing called deserve level existed had a positive impact, but still there was this frustration that kept creeping in. I would see people improve, 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 and then hit an invisible barrier. Yeah. You know what I mean? You've seen this happen too, I'm sure, where 
it was like nothing would allow them to propel beyond a certain growth rate or a certain level of accomplishment. And I knew that they had hit the ceiling of their deserve level. So being aware of it actually was more frustrating than anything at that point. Oh, huh. And I said, I have to figure out how to crack the code. I have to find a way to help people change their deserve level. Being aware of it isn't enough. So that's when I got really intense about this. So about 15 years ago, I said, I am going to find a way to understand how deserve level works and how to get my hands on the levers and dials of deserve level and teach that to people so that they can have control over their own lives and get rid of that invisible barrier. And so that prompted a, a, an intensive R&D phase where I literally read everything, anything I could get my hands on that had anything to do with what I consider to be the principles of deserve level. I mean, I studied psychology, behaviorism, philosophy, neurophysiology, motivational speakers, uh, the people throughout history who had uh, gone from really low deserve levels to really high deserve levels and what they did to make those things happen. And then I went into the, uh, the experimental phase. I got some of my clients to agree to be guinea pigs, essentially, oh. and let me try out some of the theories that I'd been developing. And some were dead ends, quite frankly. But with their help and persistence, we honed in on what it actually took to change the way somebody viewed themselves so that they believe they deserve more and made a permanent change to their unconscious minds that allowed them to really become a new person. In essence, what this comes down to is changing your identity consciously. And so that, I, I hope I'm answering your question. I wanted yeah. to make sure that you had the background of where it all came from. No, that's really uh, interesting. And, and the fact that it's market proven, right? I mean, it was developed with people, you know, that were hungry for it to work. And one, and you figured out they were willing to be patient with the process to, to sort of figure that out. So let me, let me sort of, you know, clarify for folks that, you know, are listening, because, you know, everybody kind of goes through this lots and lots of content out there that talks about setting goals, right? You wish that these things will happen, you yeah. create vision boards, I got my vision board, right? And like, and they, you know, and then they manifest itself. So kind of what is the diff what is the difference? Why is your approach so much more effective to move from wishing this to happen mm -hmm. in my life to mm -hmm. doing it for it to becoming a reality in your life? You, you obviously aren't just doing goals and things like that. So talk a little bit about how you unpack that or reset people's expectations on how to look look at that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So I, I love those ideas. You know, wouldn't it be great? If you could sit on the couch eating bonbons <laughs> and wish that million dollar checks would just show up in the mail. I mean, that's great. And I have nothing against manifestation or, you know, things that people talk about, the law of attraction, the secret, all those kind of things. 
I've read all of those things. I've studied those things. I've even taught those things, right? The problem though, is that it, you know, if there's this magical realm where you manifest from, great, but we live in a 3D reality. So we don't get to just magic things into existence. We have to take action. 3D requires action. And so the difference between the idea of setting a great goal and then wishing for it to happen and what I teach in deserve level coaching is that you do deserve to have those wonderful things happen, but part of deserving is to do the work, right? Yeah. So you need to do the rewiring of your unconscious mind to think of yourself as a different person that deserves that great result. But the, what happens when you do that is it changes the actions that you take. So think of it as, as a flow. First, there's your identity. Your identity is built up of the decisions that you've made about who you are. And some decisions about how the world works, right? So when you're born, you don't have an identity. It's not something that just shows up a, along with, you know, your body. Right, right. Mm -hmm. You start out as an empty vessel. Maybe you've got some genetic predispositions for certain things, temperament maybe, but your identity is based on the decisions that you make as you're experiencing the world. Somebody tells me I'm really good at something and I hear it a couple of times, I start to actually embed that into my brain. I build neural pathways around this idea. I am really good at math. Somebody or, tells me I'm lazy. Or the opposite, right. Yes, exactly. Somebody tells me I'm lazy. I'm a procrastinator. I'm dumb. And I hear that a couple of times. Then I start to build that into my identity. Okay. So what your identity is essentially is a database of decisions that you've made about who you are and how the world works. And that database drives your behavior because whatever you believe about yourself will determine the actions that you take. So about 32,000 times a day, you make a choice about what your next activity is. Stand up, sit down, lie down, have a sandwich, send an email, make a phone call. And how you make those choices is you do a database query. I hope we're not getting too much into the world of software, but you know, <laughs> you're an engineer and database of your mind, right? Database of your mind. What you do is you check and you say, what does somebody with this set of decisions about who they are do in this scenario? So if you're sitting on the couch and it's time to do the next thing, you check in with that list of decisions about who you are. And, and you say, what decisions relate to this? And if the decision you find is, I'm a procrastinator, then maybe you start surfing the web, little social media, maybe a little game of solitaire, <laughs> maybe a nap, not sure. But if you check that database of decisions about who you are and what you get is, I'm a driven entrepreneur, then what's going to happen is, 
the choice you make is to work on the business plan for your next great idea. Or you start sending out a bunch of emails to potential collaborators for your new business. Or you call potential customers. Or you check in on the people that are working on your project. So your actions were completely driven by those decisions that made up your identity. So identity drives action and action is what's required to produce results. So this isn't about sitting on that couch and wishing. It is about changing who you think you are so that your behavior changes and then your results have to change. Is that making sense? Oh, yeah. So I like that. Identity drives actions. Actions drive results. It's sort of there's that uh, uh, there's a thing be do have or something right. like that. Right. Yes. So when you're so like uh, one of the quotes that's on your website that, I, of course, people know that I think is is perfect. Right. Henry Ford described it as whether you think you can or you think you can't. You're right. Right. So are these patterns or blocks from these, you know, prior, you know, seeds that were planted, you know, uh, and they're reinforced all through life. Do we unconsciously then reinforce these negative patterns and expectations without even realizing it, even though we might be doing affirmations and we might Mm -hmm. be doing these other things to kind of break through because of just that decision process that you just described that says, uh, you know, I I could be saying I'm, you know, I, I get stuff done when I need to get it done. So I'm not a procrastinator. Right. But then I sit on the couch or I sit here right. and I'm like, oh, wait, oh, I, my thing just beeped. And now I go so I just procrastinated for 20 seconds. And then I go, oh, man, I shouldn't have done that. I just procrastinated for 20 seconds. I always procrastinate. So am I yeah. am I, you know, it, it is because I made that choice. You have to be like stronger in your mental capacity to say, I'm making, when I'm checking in, I'm making my choice not to look at my phone or not to, or to choose to do this other thing or, you know, those kinds of things. There's a few different pieces in what you said. So I'm going to (laughs) unpack a little bit. Yeah, of course. (laughs) Okay. So first of all, how do these decisions live inside your brain and are they all things that happened when you were a kid, when the first person told you you're lazy or you're good at math or whatever that was? So those decisions that you make that impact your identity happen throughout the course of your life. A lot of them and a lot of the foundational ones that drive your personality happen when you're pretty young, but they never stop happening. Your identity continues to evolve over the entire course of your life. Okay. And those decisions, they become the self-fulfilling expectations that we talk about that drive your behavior. But they also do get reinforced. So I'm a big fan of meditation. I, I love doing inner work. And I believe that the, the more self-aware you become, the more you unlock your true limitless power. And in meditation, there is a concept that a lot of people have heard of called a mantra, right? What is a mantra? It doesn't have to be, you know, om, whatever. It doesn't have to be in Sanskrit or some foreign language or some mystical thing. A mantra is simply something that you repeat over and over in your head until it changes 
your way of thinking about something. So you say a mantra like one of the names of God or something like that in Sanskrit to have you become more connected spiritually. But you could just as easily say a mantra that, you know, people use affirmations. You also mentioned that. I want to talk about affirmations. You might say, I am really great in business. I make great decisions. I attract money with ease. And you say one of those things or several of those things many times, it's going to have an impact in your brain wiring, right? So the decisions that you make about yourself, they get stickier the more times you repeat them in your head, like a mantra. And so if you said to yourself, um, I suck at public speaking enough times, when you have the opportunity to speak in public, even though it might be really good for your business, you're probably going to try and get out of it. Yeah. Right. Because you've created that neural pathway in your brain. So I I keep saying this, create neural pathways. Let me just do a little science for a second. That's okay. okay. Yeah, please do. So when you first have an idea, when you want to learn to do something new or you, you think something, there has to be a transmission of that idea within your brain. So the neurons in your brain, kind of metaphorically at least, they line up to transmit that idea. They form a sequence of transmission. And in the beginning, the first time you have an idea, it's a little bit like the, the staircases in Harry Potter and Hogwarts. You know, the, the staircases kind of all move around. And then you have this pathway that that idea can be transmitted and transmitted all the way out to your fingers to take an action or your mouth to say something. Now, the next time you have that same idea or take that same action, maybe those neural pathways are already close to alignment or, you know, they don't have to move as far anyway. And then the third time, they're a little closer. And the fourth time and the fifth time. And before long, you have this well-established pathway that the idea flows through. And the more you have that same thought or take that same action, then these other cells in your brain called oligodendrocytes get involved. You don't have to remember that. It's just, you know, just the detail. But these cells get involved and they start wrapping insulation around that chain of neurons. And that turns that pathway into a hard wire. So when people talk about, I am hardwired to do this, it's not just a metaphor. You are actually creating physical structures in your brain that house the things that you think or do most often. So if you've got these, say, limiting decisions, decisions about who you are that hold you back, and you've repeated them like a mantra enough times, they actually become physical in your brain. Okay, now, you mentioned affirmations, or the positive kinds of things you might tell yourself. A lot of people love affirmations and maybe get some benefit from them, but a lot of the time it feels kind of silly. Why am I saying, you know, I am the next Warren Buffett when I'm really not 
progressing very much in my career. And is saying it over and over in my head going to do anything about it? Well, the How reason- How do you believe it, right? Because your, your mind's really going like, I'm no Warren Buffett, right? Yes. <laughs> See, that's exactly it. If you've already built neural pathways that contradict the affirmation, then the best you're going to have is a collision and things bounce off. And you're going to think, well, this is Pollyanna. This is just silly. This is like the Saturday Night Live routine with Stuart Smalley. I like myself and people like me too. (laughs) (laughs) It's not going to do anything. So if you really want to change your identity, the first thing you have to do is identify those decisions that you've already wired up that are in there that are limiting you or disempowering you, that are not in alignment with the life that you want to have. So this is part of the deserve level shift process. The coaching technique that we use is to teach people how to identify those decisions that they've made that became part of their identity that limit them, that hold them at their present deserve level. In other words, what they have right now in their life. Identify those decisions and then do the work to cut off the flow of energy through those neural pathways so that the insulation starts to flake off and Mm -hmm. the neural pathways untangle. Then you can come up with new decisions about who you are that are in alignment with your goals, your objectives. And when you do go through a bunch of different work to reinforce those, essentially you've installed the new decisions into your unconscious mind and it becomes your new identity. And so we use a a lot of different techniques to do that installation. So, First, there's the step of removing the old limiting decisions that block you. Then there is coming up with the new decisions that if you knew these things about yourself, of course, you'd be taking more effective action and producing great results. Then there's the install. What do you need to do to get those things burned into your unconscious mind, building the new neural pathways, a new identity, new behaviors, and extraordinary new results? Okay. So I'm going to throw a curveball at you. Right. I'm ready. Ready? Uh, so does, does it make it? Is there a difference in the way that this works from women to men? Because so many times, as youngsters, a lot of those, like the math thing you talked at the beginning, mm-hmm. women are sort of, you know. And in some cases, you know, based on on economics or, you know, other types of where you live. So they get planted in these seeds. I'm not good at math. I'm not organized. I'm not whatever, right? Yes. Do you find it as you work with executives? Is it, is there, is what, is there a difference? (laughs) You get it. It's a great question. So the answer is, Yes and no, right? So not to be evasive, but so the process is the same. When we hear a certain type of reinforcement, positive or negative, and we start to repeat that idea in our head, we make those neural pathways. And it doesn't matter whether you're a man or a woman, you go through that same activity, okay? You might hear different things 
you know, it's depending on the age you grew up in. Ver yeah. Man versus woman, sure. different races, right? Different religions, different countries of origin, yes. different okay. socioeconomic mm -hmm. status, right? Different family cultures. All of those things lead to the set of decisions that form your identity. And they're going to be different among those different groups. But the process is the same. So when we work with somebody, it is basically the same work. We're not presupposing what their limiting decisions are. We're teaching them how to identify them, whatever they are. So the idea, so this will be kind of fun. The, the way that I look at those decisions that we make by accident when we're responding to events in our life that limit us, I refer to them as vampires, right? okay. because they lurk in the shadows of your unconscious mind and they suck away some of your power, your joy, your effectiveness, right? So what we're doing is teaching people to become vampire hunters. It doesn't matter whether the vampire is tall or short, white or black, male or female. The idea is to get really good and being able to get into your own unconscious mind and surface these decisions that you forgot you made about who you are, surface them and then take them out. You know, it doesn't matter whether it's a wooden stake or a conversation. <laughs> the idea is you want to evict those limiting decisions from your brain to make room for the new decisions that you want to program in there that are in alignment with you living at your full potential. Yeah. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I want to take a moment to tell our listeners to get more information to connect up with Ed, go to his website, which is his name, edbohlke.com, edbohlke.com, ed as in dog, B as in boy, O, H as in Harry, L as in Larry, K as in Karen, E.com. Okay, for those that are listening. And when you get back, you can always look in the show notes and get the live link to that. So uh, so as we begin to wrap up here, Ed, um, I, you know, to the bringing it back to investors and entrepreneurs, mm -hmm. I, we got a founder out there listening that is, you know, really fast paced, you know, almost, it's sort of like you go through these startup phases and it's just like everybody, it's all hands on deck. And then you kind of start to build teams and you get people that aren't maybe as startup oriented. They're more traditional corporate kind of folks. You've kind of done this with some of your things. The investors that may be execs with checks or maybe people that are, you know, on the board and they're helping through those stages. Is there, is there a, pro, a thing where people could do sort of uh, these executives or these, the founders of these companies can do an assessment that says, okay, Joe over here is the smartest coder in the world, but he's got that cloud like right. you're talking about. And it's sure. and people, you know, we create. And whereas, you know, this person, she like Susie is just always like excelling. We love working with her and we keep giving her it. Maybe we should put Joe into some kind of an executive development program so he can get rid of his cloud and right. we can, you know, maximize his skill set 
is that sort of a process that people look at when they look at their team, they look at their corporate culture to mm-hmm. sort of see how they, this could be done to better make all their teams better perform, all their executives better perform? So right now you're making me wish we had about another two hours. <laughs> <laughs> because I really want to give every one of the things that you've just brought into the conversation, you know, proper treatment. But let, let me do my best at, uh, at giving you the highest possible <laughs> summary of something that deserves a lot more detail. And, and by the way, you, I thank you for mentioning my website. That might be a little complicated for people. So I'm going to mention another one. That, okay. So to make it easy for people to find me and connect with me if they want to get more detailed information about this process, they can just go to deservelevel.com. So deserve, the word deserve, the word level stuck together.com. And then I have a, a group program that starts with an assessment exactly like what you're talking about. Okay. That is a way to, you know, get your toe in the water of this idea of deserve level. Um, and that program is called Deserve Level Alchemy. And so you, somebody could go to that website as well, deservelevelalchemy.com. And there's a lot of information there about that program. Okay. So, so now coming back to something you said, that's really interesting. How do you determine who needs this? Like who has the dark cloud? So this is, this is a very common thing that people think about. Ah, this deserve level stuff. This is for people that are stuck. This is for people that are not living up to their full potential. This is for the, you know, the problem children. <laughs> okay. And I, sure, if you have some kind of a blockage, this is a, a wonderful way to break through it, change your level of self-esteem and motivate yourself and take different actions. All of that happens, but it's not limited to that. So I work <clears throat> with a lot of really successful, effective people. I work with people that are sent to millionaires and want to become billionaires. I work with people that have had, you know, a a really nice growth of their company. And now they're making $65 million, but they want it to be $200 million. And then by going through this, they understand themselves better and how to access another level of performance beyond what's already been great. Okay. And now their trajectory is like this. So it's not just looking for the people who need it because they are in some way, you know, held back. This is for people who want to accelerate whatever their current growth rate is. Okay. I want to make sure that that we cover that. And then, yes, at the beginning of the process, we always do an assessment to understand where people are in their deserve levels in, in all areas of life. They're income, their performance, their level of self-respect, the level of respect of their colleagues that they have for them, their effectiveness in taking action, their love life, their sense of adventure, their willingness to take uh, calculated risk. So all of those things are in an initial assessment when we start working with somebody, whether that's one-on-one, if somebody was to work with me as their executive coach one-on-one or somebody that I've trained in this process, it's, it's not just me. I have 
a lot of coaches that I have trained in, in how to do this. And, and so we work one-on-one -on -one with people or with teams. And then we have the group coaching program that I mentioned, Deserve Level Alchemy. But in all cases, we establish very clear objectives. What is the result that I will produce that will demonstrate that this was an amazing investment in myself or my team? And then what is my current deserve level in all these different areas? And we do that before we get into why is it that way? What are the limiting decisions that are holding me back? And what do I need to know about myself that absolutely are going to skyrocket my level of performance? Did that answer your question? It did. It did. So, uh, and good. And they good clarity, you know, that it is really for high achievers that want to achieve even more. Exactly. So. In my view, and I'll go to bat to, uh, you know, to with anybody toe to toe that disagrees with this, the people who are most effective in any industry, in any aspect of life, they have a coach. They have somebody who's got their back, that believes in them, that helps them see their blind spots. I've been an executive coach for over 20 years, and I literally am writing the book on deserve level, and I have a coach. I have the most amazing coach, Carolina Aramburo. She was trained by Jim Rohn, same person who trained Tony Robbins, and she is amazing. And I would never think that I am such a great coach or so clear that I could do it on my own. And I believe that that's the case for everybody. You don't have to be failing to need a coach. All you have to do is want to perform even better than you already are. Well, with that, I say um, thank you. That, I think that's a really great place to sort of wrap this up and uh, I want to say to the listening audience, you deserve to work with Ed and you deserve to go get my book, Inside Secrets to Angel Investing. So you can Absolutely. multiply your money, put your money to work, working with entrepreneurs that deserve your money and deserve to achieve high success by bringing innovation to the world that, that, can, that changes the world improves the world. So uh, with that, remember, go to deservelevel.com. That's the easiest place to get to everything else for Ed Bulky. And mine is karenrands.co. So thank you very much, Ed, for being on the show. Really appreciate it. Onwards and upwards. Thank you, Karen. It's been an honor. I love what you're doing. Thank you.